Ladies and gentlemen, Jay and Lori are welcome to, to becoming Rock your greatest your possible world. self. Seriously gonna I am Chris Burns, America's number really one motivational speaker like for to fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make really a massive impact in the world to help so you I, I master yourself, for that. take Talk courageous actions, and make every day your take the next best step. Get your day up to the world ever. In a bigger way. When you're ready, let's talk about you being a guest on Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self and talk about the process. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay and Lori are about to come on and just rock your world. They're seriously going to deliver massive value and really remind you what it's like to be in healthy communication with yourself, with your relationships, with your romance, with your sexual energy. Uh, it's it's a really, really close conversation uh, to home for me. So I, I appreciate them coming on here. Before that, let's talk about you because you may be ready to take the next steps and get your message out to the world in a bigger way. When you're ready, let's talk about you being a guest on Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self and talk about the process to become a guest and get on our show. Not everyone's a great fit, but for the people who are, uh, I love helping people get their message out to the world in a bigger way. So if that's you, let's talk. Second, for those of you who are ready to get your message out via podcast, you want to create your own podcast and your own platform, let's talk there. I love coaching our clients to help them launch their podcast and really do it in 90 days or less. And it's, it's a blast. So much fun. So if you want to contact me, contact me, let me know about anything you're working on, your mission, your purpose, your vision, what you're out to create in the world. Let's talk. You can find me uh, via email. Send me an email, chris at beyourgps.com. You can find me on facebook.com forward slash th3burns. You can also find me on Instagram at I am millionaire Chris. And any other ways that you can get a hold of me, just let me know. And I am here for you and here to have you succeed and thrive and spread your wings, baby. Let's do it. Now, let's talk about the iTunes review of the week. And this week, it's by C. Trippy. C. Trippy says, great content and energy. I am a newbie, and I'm already improving what I do daily from this great content. Thank you. You're welcome, C. Trippy. I appreciate you. And if you want to give us a review, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes, find us on the Apple Podcast Store, and let us know what you love about the show, what you want to see more of, and how we can grow it even more for you to help you grow into your greatest possible self. Definitely subscribe so you can get all the latest podcast episodes. We release a new one just about every day. So I'd love to hear from you and also continue the journey with you. So thanks so much for tuning in. I'm going to introduce Jay and Lori here in just a second. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes because this is going to be a powerful conversation that could literally change the rest of your life, could save your marriage, could save you from huge heartache, heartbreak, and just total disaster in the future. Uh, this is a conversation you do not want to miss, and I, I don't, I don't claim that kind of thing for many people's interviews. So just know that like, total heartbreak, total, you know, like that disaster, don't go there. Okay. And staying tuned to this episode from start to finish could really have the thing that saves you and really makes a difference for you. So uh, I want you to have success in your, in your romance, in your uh, relationships, and in you being your greatest possible self. So we're going to introduce Jay and Lori, and then we will get this party started. So Jay and Lori have learned a lot about rebuilding trust in relationships because they've healed their relationship from various betrayals themselves. 
They were on the brink of divorce several times, but instead of splitting up, they spent over 20 years finding the best practices for communication and relationship restoration. They've healed as individuals, yes, but they also healed their marriage to where it's better than they ever thought possible. Now they share that knowledge with others through their blogs, podcasts, and YouTube channel, and they run a relationship mentoring program that's been over 90% successful in helping individuals and couples heal after broken trust. We're blessed to have you both with us today. Jay and Lori, are you ready to rock the house, superstars? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We are live on Become Your Greatest Possible Self. Thank you for being here and uh, sharing your wisdom. I mentioned on our pre-interview call, I just talked about it. Like you, the work that you're doing is just so valuable and so important in today's world. So I appreciate you being here to share on our platform with our audience about the work that you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having having us. This is great. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So we're going to dive right in to the theme of today, which is your message multiplied. So we'll start with that and then we'll go into uh, more of uh, the couple cure and everything you guys are sharing. But I'd like to just hear from both you uh, individually. What is your perspective on this topic of your message multiplied? We'll start with Jay. Oh, wow. Uh, I think your message multiplied when you have been through something and you have really found a way through multiplying that message out to other people is kind of what we've been not really called to do maybe on a spiritual level, but isn't that great to help other people? When I watch marriages change from the front row or guys like finally get free of something that this has been kicking their butt for their whole life, Man, it is awesome. It is so awesome. So multiply that message. I want to do that a thousand, thousand times. Yes. I love it. Great share, Jay. What about you, Lori? Mine is a bit different. Uh, Mm. I mean, I definitely, definitely think we're all called to that. Um, Mm. I believe all of us have been given one thing. Every single one of us has been given one thing, and that's our story. Mm. And there's such a sense of community, a sense of, oh my gosh, I'm not the only person who struggles with this. Um, that can really help. We can help each other, you know. Uh, but my story starts a little bit different with this, and that is, um, you know, going through the really hard times with Jay, I first said, I'm a person in my word. And so I'm going to stick this out. And then I was like, okay, God, you were at the altar with us. So I'm going to do this for you. And then it was like, God, I don't even know if that's enough anymore. So you're going to have to carry me. And then it got so bad that it was just like, God, you're going to have to find somebody else to do this. Cause I don't think I can, but having stuck it out, I can definitely tell you it was worth it. So For those who are listening, if this is your story, um, do what you need to to stay safe, but also do what you can to stick it out because it really can be worth it if you can help others um, through these same struggles. Wow. This is is beautiful. And I want to speak to that, Lori, because I think when people get into a relationship, 
and they get married or you know make a, a commitment, a big commitment, there's going to be trials. There's going to be tests. There's going to be difficult times and difficult waters because that's you know that's life. It, everyone's mm. circumstances are going to be different, but it's about how you respond to that. Do you do you give up like at the first sign of difficulty? Do you uh, you know hide? Do you distance yourself, or do you mm-hmm. like? come with a compassionate open heart and I really love how you shared you know like sticking it out like that's there's so much value in that if it's safe right if, it, right, if it's a, exactly. a, a relationship that you feel aligned with it's it's your person and and you uh, are, are on the same level of, of values and what's important mm-hmm. to you in the world but you just might have, be having some tough times mm-hmm. so I really love you uh, sharing that and I want to talk to you guys a little bit more about a couple couple cure and I uh, mentioned it in your intro but just in your own words what do you stand for and what do your clients come to you for we'll, we'll start with Jay if that works for you guys yeah the the thing that the couple cure is about is um, a fair recovery betrayal recovery or betrayal avoidance right you know within prevention. the relationship so betrayal prevention mm-hmm. um, so the couples that come to us, they typically have breakdown after the discovery of an affair, the discovery of illicit porn use, um, something like that. Some kind of hidden life. Yeah, a hidden life that's been um, lied about. So if, you know, I'm not saying all pornography in relationship is bad. I'm saying in my own story, I lied to Lori more than a thousand times. Hmm. That causes breakdown. What that breakdown was over between the two of us was pornography. So couples come to us typically with this type of a problem to help them navigate. What do we do now? Powerful, powerful. And uh, I, I just love what you guys are are standing for, especially because your experience has taken you through it yourself. And now you just, you hold total, uh, a graceful and compassionate space for people to mm-hmm. just show up. And like, if you got something that has been on your heart, been on your mind that you've been carrying, you know, or whether it's thoughts of, of infidelity or you've, someone has betrayed their lover, uh, this is a really important and powerful conversation to, to be a part of. So right. uh, again, I appreciate the space that we have here and, you know, for everyone listening, watching live or, or replay, um, you know, I, I, I want to make this high energy and exciting. And I also <laughs> want to give it the reverence that it needs uh, and deserves yeah. because it's, it's a really powerful and potentially charged topic. So I, mm-hmm. I also want to encourage everyone who's listening to come with an open mind to come um, to, to hear what resonates with you and what fits for you and where you're at and what you're willing to um, talk about and dive into and, and consider. And uh, I know we're going to have some really, really great stuff throughout this interview. So Jay and Lori, let's go back into your journey. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about it just briefly, but we'll start mm-hmm. with Jay and what was your experience with uh, pornography and uh, what did what were the lessons that you really picked up along the way, man? Yeah, yeah. So I would love to make this an upbeat story because you're a guy with a lot of energy and, and I think that would connect well. But, um, you know, I was five years old. This was back in the days of the magazines. And I found something in my home. And from that moment on, it, you know, triggered something in my brain, but it also 
somehow connected with something internal. And anytime I got to negative emotions, not feeling good, just being bored or, or lonely, this filled that gap through um, my parents' divorce, through college, through my first marriage, which was uh, a wreck. And, you know, along the way, I kept thinking, you know, I want to quit this. And one time when I was in college, I had gone to a church thing and I came back to my room and I threw all my magazines away and I was like, yes, I'm free. And six months later, I was back into it because I really had no idea why was I connected to it in the first place and how did I break free of it, you know, uh, to follow on. So it was not just simply a sex thing. It wasn't um, just an arousal thing, which there's that component, but mainly it was a connection thing. And so, you know, out of all of this, connection with other people is a huge way to break away from these types of uh, behaviors, the things that draw you down. And so when Lori and I met, that was 1994. Significant year because 1994, the Internet came online and I was working full time as a computer programmer. So I had a lot of exposure to um, all that the internet had to offer. And out of that, it became even harder to quit porn because then I didn't have to leave the house and go get it. It was right there and it was readily available. So I talked to Lori about it and I told her, yes, I'm willing to talk about it. And yes, I think a healthy sexual relationship will make it go away. This and in both of those, we yeah, this is b- before we were married, but, um, the reality is that it, I didn't do either one of those things. I didn't want to talk about it. There is so much shame tied to it and fear mm-hmm. that if I talk to her about it, it would just make everything so much worse. So I want to, so, I want to dive yeah. into what was the initial, um, impulse to want to even communicate with Lori that it's something that you're working on? Oh, uh, I don't even remember. I don't even remember that conversation. Yeah. I, I think at that time I was reengaging with God and I felt like I needed to be honest with her before we got married, that this was going to, you know, hopefully go away and that it was kind of a problem. It might have even been one of our spiritual mentors that asked about it. Mm, and it could have been, it could have been me saying, Hey, I've been cheated on before. What's your experience with that? And yeah. then he, yeah. being yeah. A, an honest guy, you know, said, well, said sort well. of honest. <laughs> At that <laughs> yeah. point, he was honest. Yeah. Anyway, so we got married. It wasn't the solution I wanted it to be. The first five years, we we had a lot of breakdown over it. And I actually had a six-year period where I was clean. Wow. I, I was not um, using porn. I was still struggling as far as like daily I needed to be um, in connection with somebody to stay away from it. And after 
a period, I, I had made Lori my accountability partner, and I was telling her, if I use pornography today, I'll tell you about it tonight. And I would come home and tell her I didn't use pornography. And that was true for a while, and then it wasn't. And I began to lie to her every single night to her face for better than four years. And I calculated that to be more than a thousand times. And then when she asked me about it, I told the worst lie of them all, which was that it was all her fault. And um, things went downhill for a while. They got much worse before they got any better. But I think I'll let Lori talk, if yeah. if that's okay yeah, with you, yeah. Chris, to let Lori go from here. Yeah, I did know about it. Uh, he did tell me about it. And um, because of my history uh, with extra relationship meanderings, um, I really, really debated. And I wasn't sure if I should should marry him or not. When he started talking about marriage, in fact, I was extremely hesitant. But there were several things that happened that kind of pointed in that direction. And I knew that at the very least, I will have to get over my fears of being abandoned or cheated on and, and winding up alone. So I went for it. And you know, thinking is if we can talk about it, then we can get through anything. At least I have a guy that's wanting to battle it. Um, and then we got married and immediately we started fighting about it. And it was like once we stopped fighting about it, he started having attractions with women at work. I didn't know this until later, but it, I, I always thought that mm, that timing was curious. So uh, around our 15th year of marriage, oh, was it 15 years? Yeah. Around our 15th year of marriage, I, at that point, I did think he had been about 10 years clean. Mm-hmm. And so I um, had said a few things to him and then like, hey, I'm really proud of you. You're 10 years clean. The statistic at that point was like 80 to 90% of everybody, er, all the guys were using porn. So I'm like, you're one of the very few that are conquering this. So I'm really, really proud of you. And then something started feeling off. Yeah. And so I, uh, I confronted him on it. And within minutes of his being open with everything, he, uh, he did blame me for it. And I really had to kind of roll back and go, okay, what do I do now? Because I don't even know this guy. I yeah. thought I knew him. He was lying, like looking me in the eye every night. Like, I don't even know this guy anymore. And then the way he showed up, even on our first counseling session, he walked in so stiff and like, I didn't do anything wrong here. And I was like, oh, here we go. You know, this is not going to be easy. This is not going to be fun. But I remember right after that first talk, we call it D-Day, that first D-Day talk. (laughs) He, yeah, that's what that's the common term out there. Um, after that talk, I remember just praying, God, I hope we can talk about it this time. Mm-hmm. And we almost right off the bat, within about three weeks of this, we started learning some really good tools, mm-hmm. um, but they weren't long-lasting tools. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I went on kind of a mad dash for just a ton of communication tools and how do we get past this 
current sticky sticking point, this current hot topic. And some of those would work for a while. And then I'd come to the end of myself and just pray. And then the solution for that one would show up. What, and I just what, was there like a common thread of the sticking point or something that kept being a challenge? What would you say, Jay? <laughs> the, the common point was me. <laughs> the, there's no two ways around it. Um, it, it wasn't just, it was mainly anger issues, communication mm, issues. Yeah. I had some things to learn myself about how to uh, say things in a way that didn't shut him down. Yeah. So I had, I had a lot of things to learn there too. It's just right. some of the things I was saying, I was absolutely clear. This, this wouldn't shut most people down. So what's, what's going on here? So yeah. just, a lot of stuff both of us had to learn. Yeah, primarily me. But she's right. The the anger, the defensiveness, the um, feeling like there's a uh, constant accusation in everything that she was bringing and knowing I did do some really awful things. So, you know, at what point does does she just blow up at me or, or leave or, or whatever. And so it was really, um, really challenging communication for me. And, and I didn't have a history of good relationships or good communication. So every tool she brought to me was, was, you know, me like juggling chainsaws. I have no idea what I'm doing here. You know, it's just, it's bad. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you're you're an effective communicator today like you you guys are rocking in communication um what what did you have to grow through from that point to to get to where we are today <laughs> you want to tell them that's a little oh. <laughs> <laughs> well before we let, get there let me, okay, go ahead. <laughs> so a lot of what i had to grow through was vulnerability being vulnerable letting someone in to see, you know, my flavor of weirdness, yeah. right? We, we all have our way of being weird. Um, some people dress it up in NASCAR. Some people dress it up in baseball. Some people dress it up in video games. And so my, my particular weirdness, I just felt like if I show that to somebody, mm. they're just going to leave. Yeah. And especially with all of the awful stuff I had done to her, they're really going to leave. They're, you know, it's like torches and pitchfork time to to drive me away from humankind. Mm-hmm. And um, the that vulnerability of trusting her, right? I was the liar, but I didn't trust her mm-hmm. with me with the truth of who I was. And so the more I could do that, the more I could let her in, the healthier I got, the the less that shame, that voice of judgment held me back. So that was my huge growing point, I think. Yeah, I think for me, all of it was a growing point. I mean, to me, I look back on those years, I'm just like, it was just a blur of bad conversation and then when we found those things that worked we'd have like a short honeymoon period until the next hot topic would come up so it's, it is just kind of a blur mm. and we 
though, got through it. And then where we are today, um, we got to there because I went to a, I went to a seminar where it really kind of said that, you know, this is the first day of the rest of your life. What are you going to do? And so I started, uh, like Jay and I had discussed it before. We wanted to help couples in this, with this issue. And, and so we came, came home from that seminar and talked with him about it and, we agreed. Yes, when we retire, we'll do this kind of work. <laughs> and then someday, and then someday maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so and then um, got surprised with the layoff just a few months after that, like a complete surprise layoff. Jay was knocking it out of the park at that point. It wasn't porn related. It has to do with falling gas prices. <laughs> but uh, we, uh, I was like, okay, I guess we're supposed to do this now instead of waiting for retirement. Right. And I'm glad, I'm glad we can do this now. Cause I honestly don't know if I'd have the energy to do it. later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you guys really got forced into, so to speak, your purpose and really this yeah. greater cause than let's say computer yeah. programming or whatever, you know, right. you yeah. were at right. before. It's like, come on, like this is, this is like life changing destiny altering information conversations support coaching uh, that a lot of people need so thank oh yeah thank god for this layoff <laughs> right right we're thanking yeah. god for it now so yeah. it, it was really funny the, the uh netflix series mm. making a murderer mm. we had just finished watching that that night that night um i said to Lori, you know god never said it would be fair he never said it would be just. He just said he'd be with us in it. And I said, God, I surrender. I, I, I'm just at a new level of surrender, whatever you want me to do. The next morning I got laid off. What? And it was such a surprise. He came back. He came home just 30 minutes after he had left with a box. And I'm like, oh, no, what are they thinking? Yeah. What are they thinking letting you go? You have like got the got the... Oh, I don't know what is it production line up and running like three times in the last three months. So what are they thinking? But anyway, yeah. It yeah. Was a so surprise. and we've talked about it that if we had waited until retirement, the energy, the moment would have passed. Yeah. yeah. And we tried. I, I put out seventy-five to a hundred resumes. We tried a couple of other businesses nothing we had 15 ideas we took the we took a week off after the layoff just to kind of you know figure out things within ourselves and then the next week we're like okay what are we going to do and so we had 15 ideas and this was the only one that stuck yeah, yeah. so oh my gosh so tell tell us about the beginning of you know really going all in on on this business and the couple cure and uh, what was that initial period like for you guys and i'm sure there was probably a whole new level of um being real with people and sharing what had happened to you and being able to communicate that in a way that serves other people so tell us a little bit about that beginning those beginning phases the beginning phases it was just kind of a mad dash to okay we need a website and both of us were doing different things at that point. I mean, he was helping the guy. I was helping the female. So we have two different websites, getting those all up and running. And then we heard about a big seminar about this issue. So we were trying to get everything 
in place, a bunch of blog posts out there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then we went to that place and we realized we are small fish in a really big pond. So, you know, then just learning from them and learning about business, uh, business strategy. And I mean, we had to work on a lot of our remaining stuff too. Right. You know, yeah. just different different approaches to work and I mean I could work all night and Jay's like no we need a break so I've been (laughs) able to go no we kind of we have a deadline to meet and and call him higher but then he's like Lori we don't have on the times we don't have a deadline he's like Lori come on over here and watch some tv let's rest so it's been good to balance each other that way Yeah. yeah so she's the chief operating officer and I'm the chief sanity manager (laughs) because there would, there would be moments I would, I would look over and I'm like, when was the last time she ate, you know, her water glass is empty. She's going to work herself to death. And we were doing 14, 16, 18 hour days. And in 2016, we made zero (laughs) dollars. The first year, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was really challenging because nothing else was working and we weren't making any money, so we were a little panicked. And we had tried to come out anonymously at first. Huh. We tried to keep our names out. We tried to, you know, we thought, you know, this is kind of divisive, talking about porn, talking about all of this. and. If I do need to get a job, what, you know, if people watch any of this stuff or hear any of this, you know, I'm going to be blackballed or whatever. And um, so we tried to keep it anonymous. And then within a couple of days of saying, you know what, we're just going to own our story. We're going to step out there. We got three clients within the first few days of being all in on our Mm -hmm. story. So, yeah. This is this is powerful. So we've talked a lot about your journey and these different phases that you've gone through. And I want to dive into more about you know strategies, um, how to know when someone might be uh, about to be uh, you know to have infidelity, things like that, signs, symptoms. I know prevention's a big thing for you guys. So let's start diving into into that conversation. Uh, Jay, go ahead and, and start it off, man. What do we need to know? Okay. Um, Typically, the the guy that is likely to fall into this um, operates under a lot of shame, a lot of fear of just, I'm broken at my core, and, uh, and they may have abandonment issues in their past, either abandonment by their father or their mother, doesn't really matter. Um, so there's that aspect to it. Now, uh, just because a guy uses pornography doesn't necessarily mean it's at the level of addiction or that he's keeping it from his significant other. But that tendency to say, I'm going to tell her a little bit less than the truth. You know, I'm going to make her work for the truth. That is kind of an indicator as well. That, that he has a tendency to, to minimize what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be a guy that you would, you would say, okay, there's some potential for this to go really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, 
In fact, I've only known of one where the guy actually starts using inside the relationship. Most of the time, they have a history that predates the relationship they're in. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's not unusual for guys to find pornography as teenagers, um, to find out about masturbation and all of that that they just kind of bring it along and then the relationship may actually make it worse because they feel that shame. They, they don't know all of the relationship in and out type work Mm. that, you know, I was avoiding by using porn. I don't know how to talk to my girlfriend. I'm going to go watch porn and, and just let her be angry or whatever. Mm. So that when I got married to Lori, it was still like, I, She's angry about something. I have no idea what to do. So I'm going to tune tune myself out of the situation. So I really don't know of any signs or symptoms other than this thing called PIED, which is porn-induced erectile dysfunction, which hmm. not for the guys maybe in menopause, they're calling it, but um, you know, not after a certain age, but younger guys are having difficulty being with real women. Uh, so that's definitely a sign. Um, not if there's, they're on medications or whatever, but basically I kind of assume most guys have a history with it. Mm-hmm. So I tell the, the younger ladies who are dating or even, I guess, women who haven't had this conversation that are married, mm-hmm. they can always say like, I'll tell you my history with porn if you tell me yours, because mm-hmm. we all have a history with it. We've all seen bits and pieces of it. I didn't know what internet, I, I didn't know what the internet was when we got married, but I knew what pornography was. So we all have a history with it. Um, it's just a matter of talking about it and, you know, creating a safe place to talk about it. Mm-hmm. This is powerful. Super, super powerful. So it's these topics that potentially could be taboo or, you know, uh, what is it? Um, don't see it, don't touch it, kind of thing. Just leave it, leave it mm-hmm. out of sight, out of mind. That's what I'm don't ask, for. don't tell. And, right. And so yeah. that is not a good strategy. It's to at least test the water and say, hey, if I share mine, will you share yours? That's like the first door. If you can open that one up and, and right. you know, red flashing red lights aren't going off, that no, I don't have a history. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> Like be aware of how that experience is like, how, how it might be uncomfortable, probably will be very uncomfortable. And to simply go through that, I think that builds trust right there. Right. 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 Yeah. And for the guy, um, and honestly, 30% of women are starting to struggle with pornography as well. Yeah. They are the most targeted market because from the porn industry standpoint, they got all the guys they can get. Hmm. Um, and exposure for children is happening somewhere between uh, 10 and 11, but it's starting to trend younger now because of phones and tablets and all of that. Yeah. Anyway, for the guy, there is, if they have this shame response of, I'm broken because I watch porn. Mm-hmm there's a way to handle that. If, if they don't have that response of, yeah, every guy watches porn, what's wrong with it? You know, they, they may or may not leave it, but at least they're not 
likely to hide it. They're more likely to just say, if you don't like the fact that I watch porn, you can leave. You know, they're, they're not going to necessarily give it up or whatever. But if they're having that shame response, that's where the conversation gets tricky of not driving them to a place of, of uh, cause we were just talking about this uh, the other day um, where somebody said, my girlfriend said, if I watch porn, she'll leave. I watch porn. What do I do? Mm. You know, do I tell her, how do I tell her? And so that it can be a trigger on either side of the conversation. And, you know, it just needs to be, like you said, we've got to be open-minded. We've got to be willing to kind of navigate this together as opposed to you're a horrible person because you've done this, or I am a horrible person because I'm stuck here, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think most women know if I call him a horrible person, I'm probably going to drive him even further in that direction. So I need to be careful of that. You know, right. I mean, I think, I think the reaction can be very like, what you've been hiding what for me? I have, mm-hmm. I had absolutely no, when have you been doing this? You know, right. I had absolutely no idea. So that for me, I've always seen it that it's more about the hiddenness yeah. than the porn use, you know, that the porn is one thing, the lion's, the lying is a much bigger share of the disruption. Right. It's, I think it's, you know, I was talking to my girlfriend about this, you know, we, thankfully we have very open conversations about things. And um, there's been things where I, I felt like I needed to hide them in the past. And I communicated that. I said, you know, I didn't bring this to you earlier because I felt like I like video games, for example, I felt, I felt like, you know, I, I, I can't, share with you when I want to play video games because I feel um, like a part of my addictive past comes up mm-hmm. around wanting to play video games and then doing it for hours and hours at a time and like you know I should be doing other things and you know whatever and so I felt like I, I told her I couldn't felt like I couldn't bring that to her and she's like that's the worst thing is like to feel like you can't bring it to me to feel like you have to hide it that is just don't bring that energy into our relationship because that that doesn't serve either one of us you know if you're feeling like ashamed or guilty about it like that doesn't serve you and if you if you're bringing that energy it makes me feel like something's up and something's weird and it creates distrust mm-hmm. right right but- the fact that you brought that up to her, you know, like if you're, if you have a history with whatever kind of addiction and you bring that up to her, then you can say, I don't want to go back there. Will you help me? Right. You know, kind right. of monitor if, if I'm having a blind spot about it, can you clue me into that? You know, look for these signs, you know, that would be the next step in that, I think. Yeah. Not to not to tell you what to do, but I'm just saying that I'm there, open for feedback, a, Lori. I'm open for no, it. No, 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 no. No, I'm just saying, you know, that's that, that's where my mind goes, that it can be become this beautiful it can become a very beautiful support system. Yeah. Being right. honest like that. It can lead to a very beautiful support system being honest like that. Yeah. Yeah. When I became willing to let Lori coach me mm. and and show me my blind spots it was so much easier to navigate certain challenging conversations. You know, she, she knows what she needs to hear from me. Mm. She can coach me. How do I treat her? How do I show up? 
and vice versa. So there's, you know, in a good relationship, there's this kind of co-coaching one another. Yeah. With it, you know, is really huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful, powerful. So um, for the men who are feeling like they're not able to bring it to their uh, significant other for whatever reason, uh, how do they get that outside support to be able to to deal with it? Say they want to stop, they don't feel like they're in control of it. Um, what are some steps they can start taking? One thing I do want to say, especially if he's wanting to be honest with her, um, do reach out to us, ask for this thing called disclosure tips, and I'll send it to you because there's definitely, depending on what needs to be confessed uh, or brought into the light, if it's, you know, once every six months I get into porn, I don't know that she's going to have an issue with that. I think she'd probably go, I thought it was more than that. Mm-hmm. But if it's, I've also been visiting strip clubs and mm. massage parlors and, you know, this other stuff, um, then there's, that can really traumatize her. So there's a way to go about it that can keep her the safest and that can keep the lines of communication open and the chances for relationship continuing to um, be at their, at a more higher level mm. than doing it doing it a different way right so that's what i would say if he's wanting to be open with her about it yeah and you know what one of the things that really benefited me um i have two running buddies that know everything Mm. and i feel sorry for them but they know everything about me yeah and i had to learn to be um vulnerable with them but i also had to find somebody who was safe to be vulnerable with we can't just walk into a room and say hey man here's all this stuff that's going on for me and either they they back away and just say i really don't want to talk about that Mm -hmm. or they say something like there's nothing wrong with what you're doing don't tell your wife just Mm -hmm. you know whatever Mm -hmm. and so you've got to find people who, you know, just like any coach, somebody who's heading in the direction you want to go. Or is there. Is there and can be safe for you. Even, even in just finding someone to be vulnerable with about what your struggle looks like, mm-hmm. you've got to find somebody who's heading in the direction you want to go. If he's known for being kind of a jerk or kind of a womanizer or something like Mm. that probably not the best guy to talk to but you know he needs to have a network of support that he can lean on and start to feel normal i so many guys when they hear my story they say to me wow that sounds so familiar Mm. i don't Mm. feel alone anymore you know, I don't feel so disconnected. I feel like you've made it more normal for me. So I always tell my story first. When I, whenever I inter, um, interview a new client, I tell my story first so that they don't think they're sitting down with somebody who's like, well, in my, you know, my master's degree program, I read this book about pornography and, you know, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, no, I tell them, nope, this is what I did. And, and they're like, oh, okay. So guys need to find some 
other guys they can connect with, build a network of support. And then they do need to follow what Lori's saying. This can be very traumatic for the woman. Depending on how how it's revealed, how, it's done, yeah. how, how bad it was. Um, and honestly, we've seen where the guy has been to prostitutes or the guy has only used porn and the women aren't that different in their response. They both can feel that same depth of pain and the same depth of uh, trauma from, from the reveal. So the guy needs to know how to navigate that and keep her safe. Mm. You know, that's a big part of what we stay focused on is how do you make the woman feel safe? Because yeah. I was, Lori would bring something to me in this really mm. gentle way mm. and I would explode. Um, my, my own defensiveness, my own fear of what it meant about me, all these terrible things. And so I was not safe. There were times I got angry and intimidating and abusive emotionally, psychologically, not physically, but those things still caused harm. Those left her feeling like I'm not safe here, but there's no place safe for me to go, sort of. I mean, she could have left, but but the, she was sleeping with the enemy. Right. I, you know, I'm the person that made her feel unsafe. And every time she pursued safety, I made it worse right. for, in the beginning. And because of that, that left her with trauma right. and PTSD-type responses to my behavior. Right. And one more thing I want to add. Um, one thing I want to add is before I said, you know, the porn was one thing and the lying was worse, but what he just described, the, the explosions and not feeling like we could talk about it, that was the worst yeah. of all of it. Because again, I, as long as we can talk about it, we'll be okay. The lying made us not be able to talk about it, but then also the explosions and stuff did as well. Yeah. So it's like if if you have an intention to be working on this together, but every time the contrary behaviors and energy shows up of whoa, I thought I thought we had an agreement to yeah. to be right. working on this. What the heck? You know, that then it's right. like there's let the rapport is broken, the trust is broken. It's right. like come on, yeah. we said we were gonna work on this. And be, to be able to work through that, I'm sure was was challenging. Took yep. patience, took outside people to be able to facilitate. Hey, so this is what Lori's wanting to communicate. Jay, are you hearing that? <laughs> Jay, here's what you wanted to communicate. So yeah. it's, it's great yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. Great stuff. Mm -hmm. I also I wanted to ask a question from uh, Janet, who's in the audience, and mm -hmm. she says. Do you work with teens who are on the journey of sexual discovery? How do you talk to boys and girls and helping them build confidence with who they are? And she also says sexuality is often such a taboo in family dynamics, and perhaps it's why so much is hidden and shamed. What's your guys' perspective on that? Oh wow, um, we haven't dealt. We haven't worked with teens so much. Right. I would have to really seriously think about that one as far as what I would tell a teen. Um, I, I, we could probably find some resources yeah. that yeah. we could, well, could so, send her way. But 
I, I'll try to tread very lightly here. Yeah. The one of the downsides of the way our brain is wired, what is exciting and what is um, disgusting, disgusting can be very close in our brain. So that's why we we want to look and we don't want to look at the accident that we're driving past. Yeah. There, there's something about it where we, we want to see something and we don't want to see something. And so I've had clients that have come to me that are into what we will call deviant porn. And it has scared them that they're excited about it. Mm. And that's not, I don't, I'm not calling homosexuality deviant. I'm talking bondage. I'm talking kind of the fringe type uh, porn. It freaked him out. And he's like, why am I attracted to this? And I said, because it's, adding a new flavor to the, to the drug of your choice. Mm. And that new flavor was just enough for your brain to go, Oh, that's interesting mm. and get stuck there. The, what the internet tends to throw in front of people may trigger something like that in them. So can it twist their sexuality? I don't know. I do have guys that have said to me they felt like it did. Hmm. And I'm not going to argue with their story and say you have to be this way or that way. I think there's the possibility that they're seeking something that they you know they're just not able to make sense of. So for for teenagers my my first thing would be to say I'm so sorry that you were exposed. I'm so sorry this happened to you because you can get into, (laughs) you know, you thought you were just dipping your toe in the, in the kiddie pool and you're now in 50 foot waters with, with big waves and, and no idea what's going on around you. And the internet's okay with that. (laughs) And, And that's kind of the sad thing about it. So, um, yeah, the, the rest of it though, about sexuality and, and what's going on for teens, really not our, yeah. because it's not our story. Yeah. If it was in our story, sure, but it's really not our story. Yeah. So I would, um, also tell her to check out this place online called Protect Young Eyes. It helps equip parents to have these kind of conversations at every level from like preschool up to, I think, graduation, high school graduation, maybe wow. even beyond. Yeah. So and what's, what's the website eyes. one more time? Pre- I believe it's protectyoungeyes.com, um, either org. com or dot org. I'm not okay. sure yeah. which one. Chris McKenna is the uh, the founder of that. He works with Covenant Eyes. Yeah. Okay. M-C-K-E-N-N-A, Chris McKenna. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, it's valuable and it's definitely a challenging topic to, to deal with, I'm sure. But that's why there's yeah. people who have experience and, uh, you know, done research and have, have helped people with it. So that's valuable. Right. And yeah. I want to get back into, in terms of, um, you know, men who are uh, today, especially in today's day and age of 
so many temptations, right? Mm. So much temptation of, uh, you know, just being on Instagram. There's like half naked women on Instagram everywhere you look. Like how do you, how does one person deal with that and not allow that to suck them in and kind of bring them back into that energy? Right. Um, So I have a phone that looks like this. (laughs) It's a slider flip phone kind of thing. And um no, so one thing that, that I produce, so my free thing for guys is um, a browser setup guide. Okay. So when you get on your internet browser and you go to a web page and there's ads everywhere, this turns all that off. Okay. Um, I navigate the web page with images turned off 90% of the time. Yeah. So even when I'm on social media, I'm, I'm just reading comments and, and sometimes I'm, I'm like, okay, I have no idea what this means because I can't see the picture and the context. But mm. if I really need to see it, I then communicate with Lori and say, hey, look, I need to turn images on because I need to figure this thing out. Mm. But it, it does take an extra layer of thinking through, do I really need to be on Instagram if I am triggered by every other image. Um, you know, how do I report that to my spouse? How do I report that to somebody I'm in accountability with? Here where we live, they one of those big LED screens, they just had some um, uh, plastic surgery mm-hmm. center put a, something up on the billboard. And I'm like, okay, so porn on giant billboards. Got it. You know, that's, <laughs> that's normal now. Um, so you've just got to be ready for it. It it shouldn't shock us that, okay, I got on the internet and it put something in front of me. Right. It's then how do we respond to it? You know, what's the plan to engage? And maybe you need to give it up. Maybe it you're not on Facebook. You're not on Reddit. You're not on some of these other sites right. because it's taking away from your real life. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you've got to give up video games. I've got a guy that gave up his PS4 because it was a stepping stone to isolating. It was a stepping stone to checking out of the relationship. And um, I want guys to live a bigger life. Yes. Bigger than what's on the little screen here. Yeah. And and I'm glad you all are watching the little screen to hear this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's so much more out there. Mm. You know, that you could be listening to this while like bird watching. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's the beauty of of podcasts is you're Uh able to do it on the move Mm -hmm. uh, and like learn and get educated. It's like the same realm as audiobooks for me. It's like the same level of value. Yeah. You can go listen to murder mysteries and stuff like that, but I I don't spend my time there. And I, most of my audience, I don't think does either. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's awesome that we can do things like this and still be out living big lives. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I would say to that question, you know, if the guy is wanting to not spend a whole lot of time with all the images and where they can lead to, mm-hmm. then I would say, you know, just be really clear that society is banking on you <laughs> looking at the images, like literally going to the bank on yeah. it, because there's such a huge part of our brain that's committed to, or like that's wired for the visual. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you think about it, we take in most of the information mm. 
through our eyes. And then if you're looking at the screen, look at the reality, the real world, the real room right beyond it. The screen is screaming at you versus this just being life, you know? So it's definitely out there going, Hey, look at me, look at me, (laughs) you know? And you really, there's gotta be a lot of self-control and discipline to maintain the focus and, and maintain the goal for where you want to go. This is this is powerful stuff. Um, is there anything else, especially for couples, that you guys think would be valuable to share with our audience that would make uh, relationships more successful? Uh, anything to be aware of, to look out for? Uh, for the women out there, I would say if, like, go look up the signs of PTSD because this can lead to that. Not all the time. Um, for the ladies who go to therapy for this for this particular issue there they notice signs of ptsd about 70 to 98 percent of the time is what therapists are finding and, so and what it are, really what what does that entail ptsd like how would someone um, know if that's... it can start off where you're just feeling a little out of touch with reality hmm. um where like for me i couldn't read I couldn't listen to a song all the way through. I uh, developed a really strong case of ADD because I was online all the time trying to figure out how are we going to get through this? Women can go into, instead of living life, research mode or Mm. how do I save my marriage or how do I save my sanity? Mm. It gets really bad. Like it's one of the worst signs or one of the worst things this can do to you. To, to whoever, anybody who's been betrayed, it's when you cannot trust your own senses anymore. That's mm-hmm. one of the worst things that can happen. Um, because if you can't trust that, then you can't trust anything, including your higher power. So it's yeah. almost almost like if someone gets lied to, then their whole world goes into question and doubt. And it's yeah. like constant paranoia of mm-hmm. right. Like, mm-hmm. is anything real anymore? Right. right. Can I trust anything? Can I trust myself? Oof, yeah. I, because I didn't know this was going on for 10 years or for six, four years. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I went through that, too. Like, what can I trust? What It can really feel like I don't even know what side, what which way is up anymore. And if she's getting messages from the world or from even the health, helping community that she's wrong somehow in this, mm-hmm. either in her, how she feels about it or in her response, um, then, or, or if she's blamed somehow, then that can really turn yeah. you up, a woman upside down or anybody right. who's been traumatized. Yeah. So what I would say to couples now that we're, we're close to the end, this is the exciting part. It can get better. Mm. In fact, it, you know, I tell people we're on relationship 2.0. We've had the opportunity to go back and look at everything that wasn't working, tear it down to the foundation, start over, have a new conversation. And I'm fully known by someone else. Mm. And that was the part that was so scary to me was I would be fully known and rejected, but I'm fully known and accepted. And pornography can't hold a candle to that. No other woman can hold a candle to that because she doesn't know me for anything. 
and Lori does. And mm-hmm. so this relationship, we've navigated building a business together in the last three and a half years, eight feet apart. Um, you know, we've been Both through have some very strong opinions on the way. Yeah, should. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've, we've navigated this and, and learned how to do it. Well, we've, we've been through some seasons of some really painful losses and we've navigated that so much differently because we got through what we did. And, and so there's hope for this. You can get better. This can be healed. This can be your history and not your present. Um, I, you know, just like any other setback. I would say, um, just to give them hope, it can get to a point where he's not struggling every day, where it's like, no, the te- I'm not really tempted. I'm mm. really not. Um, and it can get to where she knows she's the only woman for him. Like mm. She knows it to her core. Mm. Um, and, you know, where I got was, even if he went back to it, or where I am is, even if he went back to it, I know I'm going to be okay. Mm. I know it now. And so that that's where I like to get the women to like, let's first get you there and then we'll see if he wants to, to join you in a really great marriage. Yeah. This is beautiful. What you guys have been sharing is, is incredibly powerful. And I think for the men out there who have struggled with this or are still struggling with it, really giving them hope and awareness that they don't have to feel broken and ashamed. um, And that, you know, there just gets to be more support. There gets to be more connection. There gets to be more, um, you know, brotherhood versus like feeling wrong and isolating and disconnecting. And I also think for the women out there, um, you know, there's, there's hope if they have been feeling something like this, they've been dealing with it, whatever, you know, or even doing it themselves, like not just men do it, women do it, both sides do it. And so I think to give both people, both sexes, hope and a knowingness that it simply takes a willingness to come together, to communicate mm-hmm. about it, to be as truthful as possible and take the next step, you know, like, cause for some, some people it might be a just, okay, I, I want to talk about this, but I'm not ready to talk about everything yet, but I just right. want to let you know, this is something I'm committed to working on. So can we please keep having these conversations? Can you, can, can you hold me accountable? Can you help me trust myself and trust you mm-hmm. and, and like work through this. And I, I think it's, it's an incredible conversation that you're opening up and really helping people with. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like what you said just now about, can we continue to have a conversation about this? I call them like open-ended conversations or, Hey, can we revisit that conversation? Yeah. That it just does need to be an open conversation because just like you said, it's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. And it yeah. wants to get your attention. It wants you to click. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Plus what you said about um, like after a while, it stops being such a driver. It's like mm-hmm. uh, when we don't use parts of our brain, this, you know, pleasure center that some people used to get from pornography, like by stopping using it, it stops being as active and it's powerful and the chemicals mm-hmm. are stop getting produced to, and 
trained mm-hmm. to go through that way and then they're redirected right. into other places so uh, right. i know for me like this is it's been my own journey of of dealing with this and i'm i'm grateful uh, i share with you guys on the pre-interview call for mm-hmm. the growth that i've gone through and i just recognize like i'm able to channel more energy and love and and power into my own relationship and like my own identity of being faithful and not not um, having scattered energy, right? It's like right. really just being here with me, like and loving it, and loving every yep. minute, and appreciating what I what I have because she's a freaking goddess. She's a woman of my dreams, and I'm just I'm so so grateful for her. So Jay and Lori, this is incredible, and I know people want to continue their journey with you. They want to find out more. They want to get more information. They want to check out your guys's podcast. How do they continue their journey with you? The couplecure.com so just remember the at the front of it because there's another site that's couple cure but the couplecure.com that will get you to all of our uh, other websites and other resources beautiful yeah there are three free guides out there too one for the couple one for the females uh, who might have gone through betrayal and one for the guys who are struggling with this issue. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, like everyone could just reach out to you, send me an, send you an email because Mm -hmm. I'm sure it is delicate waters for people who are, um, you know, really concerned and making headway and committed to, to, solving this healing this growing in this area so uh, i just highly recommend anyone listening or watching live or replay or podcast whatever talk to these human beings they are incredible they're so loving they're so uh, gentle and accepting and just an incredible conversation with you two is is off the charts awesome so oh wow thank Thank you Thank, Thank you. you for being here. I appreciate what you're doing. I'm like starting to tear up because they're like oh. how, how much I appreciate you and oh. and just like my own journey with this has been a, a long one. And so I, I just know that any guy out there or, or woman uh, who's really committed to healing this, like there is hope and yeah. it's a yes. beautiful thing. Wow. So. Thank you so much. Everyone go to thecouplecure.com. And Jay and Lori, you have an amazing rest of your evening, okay? All right. Thank Thanks, so Chris. Much. All right. See Bye. you soon. Bye. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or If you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action 
head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.